I guess you wonder why I sit up here before I preach. I like to look at who's here. and When I look over here, I remember a verse in 1 John. It says, God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. <laughs> and if we walk in the light as he is a light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. So, you know, just put that in your mind and see how that goes. It, it, the lights just keep going out. So it's good to have you here. Uh, Pastor Todd and I were talking this morning, actually this afternoon, about how his message this morning was the introduction to my message. And you know who does that? The Holy Spirit does that. Uh, we had not talked about what we were going to preach. We had not conferred. But uh, when he was, first of all, he didn't even use the text I was going to use. And uh, so it's amazing how God, God obviously wants us to hear something and to look at something tonight that might be an encouragement and a help to all of us. Uh, the title of the three messages that I'm preaching, uh, Lord willing, this, this time is called Finding My Place in Church. Uh, that's an important thing. So if you turn your Bibles, please, to Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4. In verse 16, I'd like you to look at that verse. Uh, there's some important, important things there, and then we're going to go to a different passage. But I want you to see uh, this verse. This is kind of our foundational verse for this message and for this whole uh, series of messages. I really appreciate the opportunity to preach in, in here and uh, share with you what God has laid on my heart uh, to share with you now. Verse uh, 16 says this, For whom... The whole body, fitly joined together, and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body, and the edifying of itself in love. I think all of us would say, we know that Christ said when he was on the earth, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. There was one a lesson that a pastor has to learn. It's my, not, not my job to build the church. It's my job to preach the word and let God build the church. So God is the one who builds the church. And so this passage actually tells us how it works. I love these passages that are they're so helpful in, in, in understanding how God, has, how God does things. Now let's look at, look, again, for whom the whole body, what does that mean? The whole body, right? Uh, that's not hard to understand. By that which every joint supplieth, that means we're going to have a long night of peace. You know, I, I noticed they use a short introduction tonight to the service. But most of think I'm going to preach a long time. So if you don't help me, I'm probably going to preach a really long time. So now, every joint supplieth, that means every joint. Uh, in the measure of every part. That means, all right, so you get the picture. God's plan for a church is that every part function efficiently. So the question automatically comes up, well, then how do I find my part? How do I find my place? We're not all musicians. Uh, we were talking today about the wonderful group of musicians we have that we enjoy every week. Uh, but Bill Lake has assured me no one's going to ask him to sing a solo. Is that right, Bill? Right. I, he told me that, that he's not going to be asked to sing a solo. We all have our gifts, and singing sometimes is not your gift, so don't join the choir. Now, however, we have a wonderful group of musicians, and so they found their place. One of those places, by the way, there are other things they can do, but they found a place to serve. So, if you would, uh, if you're in Ephesians 4, go back to Ephesians 2, very familiar verse. Very familiar verse, Ephesians 2. We, we know this verse, For by grace are you saved through faith, and not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Now look at the next verse. For we are his workmanship. That word is the Greek word poema. Hmm, what does that sound like? Poem. Sounds like poem. Uh, if you ever tried to write a poem or studied poetry, it's a... Organized, it's all set in meter, and it's everything works together. It's, it's, it's a job to do that. But God made us, each of us, each of us, exactly how He intended us to be. 
Let me say it this way. God has given you, as a believer, everything you need to accomplish what God wants you to accomplish in his work. Everything. Now, you may not know it. You may not be aware of it. But already, you have it in you that God has made you that way. You are his poem. Then it says, created unto Christ Jesus, unto good works. There's the, 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 key, the key to what he's saying which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Now, there's something else there. God has also picked the good works you're supposed to do. And he has ordained you to do certain things. And therefore, he has equipped you to do it. So our job as believers is to find out what that is. How can I serve? How can I serve effectively in the local church? Now... If you would, let's go back. This is a, such a, a critical passage. Go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. There's so much interesting information here that will help us to walk our way through this issue. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm going to read the uh, verses 4 to 7 just so we kind of get the flow of how it's going. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul is talking here, obviously, <coughs> excuse me, about the church. Now there are diversities of gifts but the same spirit. There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. There are diversities of operations, but the same God, which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to how many? So this speaks to every man. Every man is equipped. Every man has been given certain gifts. The words are interesting. Verse 4 he talks about you have different, you have diversities of gifts. That word means abilities, what we talked about. You have been given the gifts you need to do what you are to do. And we're all very different. One of the wonderful things about the church is we're all very different. It's a wonderful mix of things and people and, and, and talents. It's been amazing over the years that I pastored here and on into this time how God sends along just the right people at the right time. And often with unique gifts, unique abilities. And I'll, I'll show you some of those in a little bit. But how, how God has done that. And that's how God, the church moves forward as God sends these people in. Now, it, he assumes, he wants us to, he, God has ordained that we walk in them. So God assumes he wants us to walk in those, we use those gifts that he's given to us. So we know that there are different gifts by the way, the word there is charisma, gifts of grace. Grace it is gifts that we don't necessarily deserve, but gifts that God has ordained that we have. In verse number five, there are diversities of administrations. That word literally means ministries. It means like the, word, the, the root word here is the word for servant. Now, what does that mean? If, as we look at, look at our lives, we have different abilities. We have different Ministries. That means there are different ways we can serve. No, sometimes we look for something we can do that's important. That, well, you know, I, I, I want this kind of job. Uh, we've actually had people leave the church because they couldn't sing the solos. Uh, maybe the best thing to do is sing in the choir, you know. Uh, maybe that's not the thing that God ordains for you to do. So the idea is how can I serve? There are different administrations. There are different ways we serve. Uh, you'd be surprised if you could pull back the curtain and look at a church like Maria and how many jobs there are around here to do. Uh, somebody had to set up this pulpit and this chair today or else I'd be not able to preach. Uh, somebody set up the microphone today. All these things are part of what happens every single week, every single week. The third thing is there are differences of operations. Here's the Greek word. I'm probably not pronounce exactly right. Energema, which sounds like energy. Different motivations. Different motivations. And then verse 7 says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Every one of these gifts are important. Everything that God has given to me is important. And by the way, when I stand before the judgment seat of Christ, 
God is not going to judge me as to how large the church became or how many people were here or all the things that have to do. He's going to judge me for one thing. How did I use what he gave me? Was, a, was I a faithful steward over what has, God has given me? So my goal should be to use all the gifts that I had as long as I can for the glory of God. So that when I stand before him, I could say, Lord, I've done the best I could. I used the things that you gave me to serve you. So there are different manifestations. Why? So that the church could be helped. It would be we could profit with all. Look, look at over at verse 11, same chapter. But all these work at that one and self-same spirit, dividing unto every man severally as he will. Who decides what gifts we have in this verse? The Holy Spirit. We are given those gifts by God. We don't, we don't, want them, we don't ask for them. We just God provides us. He, he equips us. So God, by the Holy Spirit, has given us gifts. For the whole body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we're all baptized into one body, whether it be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and we have been made to drink into one Spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. The foot shall not say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? If the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole body were hearing, where were the smelling? But now God has set the members, every one of them, in the body, as it hath pleased him. So the point is here, is there one gift more important than the others? When I was a student, I remember we had a pastor that, that had some remote, some reputation, good. He was a good preacher, good, a good man. And I remember one time he was, he was preaching to the student body. And he said that he, when he came to college, and by the way, this was very common back in that day, that he had no money. And that he went to school on faith, and he said, I felt like I'd have to go and work, and so therefore I just went to school because I felt like that's what God wanted me to do. And so he said, so I went up to the, the place where I had to sign up for work, and the only job they had available to me was to clean the bathroom in the, in the cafeteria downstairs around the, around the kitchen. He said, I didn't like that idea very much. And he said, first of all, nobody's going to see it down there. And, you know, I, who likes to clean bathrooms, right? And so he struggled with that. But he knew that God wanted him there to, to go to school. He knew that this would help pay the bills. So he said, I went down to that bathroom and I cleaned it the best that anybody could ever clean a bathroom. He said, you could eat off the floor. Not that you'd want to, but he said, you could eat off the floor. He said, that bathroom was my offering to God. And I thought, wow. Here I was, an 18 year old student. I'm going, yep. That's the, way, that's the way it works, isn't it? God gives us opportunities. God gives us abilities, and then we're to use it as best we could for God's glory. Now, this, this man later on became a very well-known pastor and preached and all that. But at that point, he only knew one thing. That bathroom was my job. And what it says here is there are no unimportant jobs. Let me tell you something. If one Sunday morning we close down the nursery, I said, no nursery today. All the kids are coming in the auditorium. Would you all notice that, that there's no nursery? Yeah. You know, let's suppose we told the cleaners, okay, this week, have a whole week off. Don't clean the building. Don't clean the bathrooms. Don't clean the floors. Just leave everything like it is. We'll do a whole week without the, the would, would you notice that? Now, nobody noticed if the garbage is empty, but everybody notices if the garbage is full. And so, therefore, there are no unimportant parts. Uh, all, the, all the things that people do from week to week, because not because they're looking for somebody to, to praise them. Or, by the way, <laughs> I was listening one time on the radio, and, and a guy said, you want to know if you have a servant's heart? He said, let somebody treat you like a servant. 
oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. We don't want, you know, we, we sometimes don't mind working like a servant as long as somebody recognizes the fact that we're a pretty good guy. But let somebody treat you like a servant, and then you'll find out if whether you have a servant's heart or not. So this whole body is fitly joined together to do what God has ordained that we do to accomplish the purpose that God has for our life. And, you know, here's the amazing thing. When we function together as God has intended, the whole church is blessed. What happens is every part is working, every part is doing its part, and everything is going the way it should. And the Bible says the church edifies itself in love, builds up itself. In other words, this, this is the way God intended it to be. We're very different. We're not the same. Uh, there's only room for one pastor here. You know, we've got, we got people who do various things. But that's not the job you need. You need another job to work, to do whatever God has called you to do. Now, if you would, one more passage. Verse, eight, verse 14 again. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the ear shall say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? Well, that's kind of funny. I wonder if, I wonder if Paul made a joke. Can you see one big eye? By the way, there, there is no uh, smeller here. There's no nose here. I, I always thought about that. Uh, I'm not a, it, it is different the body. if the whole body were an eye where were the hearing if the whole body were hearing where were the smelling but God hath made have set the members every one of them in the body as it hath pleased him if, and if we were all one member where were the body but now are we many members and yet one body you have unity in diversity in other words, we all have gifts. We all have places to serve. We all should be serving. And then we should recognize that we're fitting into the body. We're part of the body. God has put us there in order that the body, the church body, is, is developing, is being, all the needs are being met. And this morning, you heard uh, Janine talk about the ministry to the widows. That's another thing that some, some people can do. We have a ministry to uh, the pregnant women. Uh, we have ministries of different kinds. We have youth ministry. We have music ministry. We have all these different things. And it doesn't have to be called even a ministry. You'll see that in a few moments. But the idea is that God, first of all, has equipped us perfectly to do what he called us to do. Number two, we are given the right abilities. We're given the right motivations and given the right manifestation. I don't need to go back to motivations. Everybody is not uh, motivated the same way. Some people see a need and they just go do it. And some people respond if somebody comes and asks them to do it. Uh, we're motivated different ways. Uh, we, we have to have, we are, we're, we're wired differently. And so therefore, we, are, we, if we fill our place with the motivation that we have. Uh, we have different manifestations. It's not all, we, our, our gifts are not always the same. But every believer is equipped by the Holy Spirit to serve in the church. Now, I want to I share some things with you. I've just gone, I've stopped preaching now. I've just gone to sharing things with you that, that I know. Excuse me. Back in the day, there was a lady who attended our church. And every Sunday morning, she brought a rag with her to church. And every Sunday morning, she would come up and wipe both grand pianos down and get all of the, of the fingerprints off. She didn't like to see fingerprints on the grand pianos. Question, was that an important ministry? Question, was that an important ministry? Of course it was. It was her ministry. And she did it every week. I mean, she'd come in here on Sunday morning if I'm walking around and she's over there wiping the pianos off. No one ever said to, told her to do that. That was her. She didn't like to see those fingerprints. So what did she do? She was motivated to come in and wipe down the pianos every, every Sunday morning. 
when I was pastor, there were two little boys. Uh, by the way, they both have served in the Marines now. They were little guys back then. Every Sunday morning, one of those little boys would go back to the kitchen and get a glass and fill it up with ice and water and bring it to me on the, on the platform. And I put it in the pulpit because I drink water when I preach. Was that good? And you should, you should have seen the look on their face. They're cute little guys, you know, and they bring it up and they're a big old smile on their face. I'm doing something important. I'm doing something important. And by the way, was it important? Absolutely it was important. Don Miller was a member of our church. He's gone on now to be with the Lord. Uh, if you look out at the, the driveway, there's a, a flagpole out there. At the bottom of the flagpole, there is a marker, a, a, a granite marker. The flagpole was, was dedicated to Don Miller. Uh, most of you don't know. The name doesn't mean anything to you, but some of you have been around, you know. Don Miller was a colonel in the Army. Don Miller was an artillery commander on Porkchop Hill in the Korean, the Korean War. Don Miller was flown by the Korean government to their capital, Seoul, and awarded the, the medal that is, that is comparable to our Congressional Medal of Honor for his heroism and his lead as a colonel in the battle of Porkchop Hill. That's Don Miller. Now, when we started to build our first building, Don Miller was here as a member of our church. And so Don, which I didn't even know, this is one of those rare gifts that people have, he had studied uh, uh, landscape architecture in college. I didn't know that. So when it came time to uh, do the, uh, the landscaping of our new building, Don said, let me do that. Well, I said, okay. And so he started working on it, and he put, made sure all the trees and bushes were put where they, they're supposed to be, and it turned out real well. As a matter of fact, the guy who is the inspector for Gwinnett County used to bring people by here and say to them, that's the way it should be done, just like that, Don Miller. And I saw him many, many days. Now, he's a retired colonel, dragging hoses, down the, down, the park, down the driveway to water his flowers that he had planted and bushes he planted, Don Miller. And the story doesn't end there. Uh, back, we were in a little white house over here on, uh, on Oak Road. Jerry, Jerry Reese came to our church, one of our early missionaries. And Jerry was talking about uh, the ministry in the Dominican Republic. Up in the mountains, there's a little town called Constanza up in the mountains. And uh, they were, they had, uh, when, when Jerry came down there, a two-week class for pastors. And the, I found out those men had never had any, any training, any formal training at all. Uh, I asked him, I said, well, tell me kind of how, where are they? He said, they're, they're about fourth grade level. I said, well, what do they do when they preach? Well, they open a, open a passage of scripture and just kind of talk about it. That's all they know how to do. It's all they can do. He said, it's an important ministry because he said, this, is all, this is all the guys have. By the way, now, by the way, just to segue, uh, Ronnie Autry came and started a seminary. And now they have 58 churches that Ronnie had trained in their seminary and taught men are taught well now. It's a whole different ballgame now. But that's the best they had. So, so Jerry, kind of off, off the offhand, said, you know, I'd, I'd really like your pastor to come and, and teach one week in, in the Dominican Republic. And that's all he said. And so... Uh, Don Miller afterwards got me aside and said, Pastor Sweat, would you like to go to the Dominican Republic? I said, yeah, I would. I'd, I'd love to do that. So Don said, okay, I'll pay for it. So Don and I together went to the Dominican Republic. And we stayed there for two weeks, and I've got great stories of those two weeks. But just let me tell you, it was a, a wonderful experience. And, you know, I didn't know Don very well. The colonel in the Army, probably grumpy, and, you know, to boss everybody around. He was the meekest, most accommodating guy you ever met. I mean, he, his joy is passing out candy to the kids. And he was the candy guy. And man, he loved that. And anyway, Don Miller. Now, let me tell you something. That one trip by a layman in the church that I didn't ask for, he came up and asked me, that changed my life. It changed my ministry. I mean, all of a sudden, I thought, wow, you know what? There's need out there, and I can do that. 
And uh, that began. And then, by the way, later on, another man in the church came along. And uh, you, you know that I, I visit every one of our missionaries except for one. And the one we didn't visit was because there's always a where they were. But we visit every single missionary, stayed in their home, every, every one. And we had a man in our church who every year came to me and said, Pastor Sweat, where are you going this year? I tell him. He said, how much? I said, uh, about so much. Wrote me a check every year. And by the way, many times he was with me. But you know what? That changed my ministry forever. Established relationships with those missionaries. Allowed me at my ministry to be far broader than I ever, ever thought. But those were two laymen. Without anybody, I never asked those men for that. They came and asked me, they said, I'd like to, I'd like to pay for it. I'd like to do this. And uh, the, the, the last guy that I mentioned, he's gone to be the Lord now, by the way. I took two groups of pastors to the mission field. He paid for the whole thing. The, 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 the airfare, the food, the lodging, the whole thing. So these pastors could go. And those pastors' lives were changed. I follow up on those guys. I know them. And now they're doing the same thing because one man, one layperson, came and set that as, as something he wanted to do, a ministry. He, I've never heard him sing a solo, not ever. I don't think he played the piano. Uh, but he was generous, and he knew what it meant to be a giver. Uh, Mitch and Christine, they have done the decades. How long? Where, is somebody back there, where are you? How long, Mitch? 93? 92. That's a long time, isn't it? Let me tell you something. These people have given of their life for this church as lay people for all those years, since 1992. And the quality of what they do, do you appreciate that? I, I spoke at the Wilds at a music conference. And uh, it, it was a big, big group, big group of music, music guys. And so I took some of Christine's uh, visuals. Uh, I took them, you know, up there, and I said, now, here's, here's one of our ladies that does this uh, for our church. And I said, when we have a, a choir number, or, or a he, she puts it up on the screen. And so I played a couple of them. And, and afterwards, I was mobbed. Where can I get that done? Who can do that for me? I said, you can't have her. <laughs> but, but, you know, again, people who serve, and, and, you know, they're not asking for anything. They're just serving because that's, that's the thing they can do. Uh, you know, we're not, I'm not wired like Mitch is. I know nothing about it. I go back there and it, it's all Greek to me. I don't understand those, all those knobs and buttons. But he does. Aren't you glad he know, knows how to do that? Aren't you glad Christine takes the time to make those beautiful scenes that we look at when we, uh, when we have church? Many of our men... Electricians, men with carpenter skills, painters, repairmen, give their time. You never hear about it. They're over here working. Uh, they repair things. They fix things. They build things. Uh, one of my favorite stories is, is Chuck. Oh, Chuck is downstairs counting, so he won't hear this until, until he watches online. When we started to build this building, a big deal. I mean, I was, I was thrilled. It's a, it's a big, big, a big deal. <coughs> Chuck Kluke came to me and said, Pastor, I'd like to build the pulpit. I said, oh, really? Yeah. Have you ever built the pulpit before? No. But I'd like to build it. I said, Chuck, okay. Built the pulpit. So, sure enough, probably Martin Ballou was his help, helper. You remember Martin Ballou? So the two of those guys turned out like that. What do you think? The table. By the way, after he built this pulpit, uh, Ronnie Autry, one one in Dominican Republic. If you go down there, that's one of these down there. Uh, Andy Bonikowski, one of one of these in Spain. There's one of these in Spain. Uh, Rob Strout in Wisconsin, one one of these. There's one up there too. This is a man who'd never built a pulpit before. So one day when we were looking. Some renovation ideas we were talking about. We had a guy here, a pulpit a furniture person. And we were walking around. I was showing him the auditorium and showing him all this stuff. And he, he looked at me and says, where'd you get that pulpit? I said, one of our guys built it. He said, one of your guys built it? I said, yeah, they did. 
He said, do you know how much that would cost to have built if you could find somebody to build it? I said, I have no idea. He said, you don't even want to know. Now you think about that. This guy doesn't make his money building pulpit furniture. But he said, I'll do it. And he did it. And we have rejoiced and enjoyed it since then. His work that he gave readily. Nursery workers. You know, if you want to have young couples in church, there are two things you've got to have. You've got to have a nursery and clean bathrooms. Right? I mean, if, if a young couple comes and they bring their child to the nursery and they're not happy with what they see, guess what? They ain't coming back. So the nursery workers, every week, and bless her heart, Daniel Darnell is back there. She is, a, is the sweetest lady you ever met with an iron hand. And uh, she's done a wonderful job. And, you know, all those things every week, every week. And uh, we check in the babies, you know, we have a desk, we check in the All that stuff has been developed and, and all the things we do. How, how wonderful is that? And our, our people feel safe. Uh, there's security here. Uh, so the nursery, the nursery workers rake right up there with the pastor. I mean, if you don't have a nursery, you're in trouble. And yet we have a wonderful nursery program. Musicians. People from time to time, because of moving, one thing or another, leave the church, move somewhere. And so they're looking for a church. And I get lots of phone calls, as you would imagine. And they, they sometimes find a church where the preaching is pretty good and, and they like the people and stuff. But, but you know what the problem always is? Somebody say it. Music. Music. Now, I'll tell you something. If you visit other churches, if you go on vacation, you visit other churches, you go around, you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, we, you know, we, we sit here every single week and we hear the beautiful music every single week. And you know, you know what just thrills me to death? We see these younger ones growing up now filling the orchestra up, you know, learn taking lessons, playing one, one generation, the next generation comes along, the singers, the choir, all those things. We, we, we must not take that for granted. People are giving their time, giving their energy to come and to prepare, to offer an offering to you and to God, mostly to God. Our first, our first audience is always God. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. So the musicians, the ones who play, uh, I never, ever wanted drums in the church until the kings came. And I'm telling you, I, I just, uh, you know, have you ever heard him do anything inappropriate with those drums? They're beautiful. And it, he knows exactly how much and when to do it. It's just it's amazing. The gifts that they have. And what about Dana King? What about her offertories? You ever heard anything like that before? I mean, when, when, when she starts to play an offertory, we all go, Ooh, what's going to happen? <laughs> now, here are two people who came to this church looking for a place to serve. That's their instrument. They brought it over here. The, the drums are theirs. They brought them into the church. And they come down, they, they live in, by the way, you know where they live? Huh? Yeah, ball ground. And they drive every Sunday. And Wednesday night. They do that because they have a place to serve, a place they can use their very unique abilities. I, mean, I haven't known many percussion people, have you? But doesn't he do a great job with that? Musicians, handbell ringers, ding dongs, we got those around here, you know? <laughs> and we, you know, the, the Lord keeps adding these things, and people come, and they, somebody volunteers, and, and, and next thing you know, wasn't that men's group this morning good? I love a men's group. I, it just gets all over me when I hear a men, men sing. It's just something about this. But I, boy, you know, what a blessing the music is. And uh, these people work hard. They practice. They prepare well. And because of that, we enjoy, we're blessed. The children's teachers. Uh, there was a lady years ago. Her name was Miss Pat. And uh, Miss Pat taught, I think, the three or four-year-olds. And... Um, she had a, an impression on everybody in her class. She was the most creative lady, just a, just a normal lady. But she loved those little kids, and they loved her. I remember one Sunday, one Sunday she was, uh, and this is, this is typical of the kind of stuff she would do. Uh, she was t talking about when the lady anointed Jesus' feet. 
with the ointment, you know, and watch his, uh, dried his feet with her hair. And so she had all the kids take off their shoes, and she poured perfume on all their feet. Every kid came out of that room talking about that. They'll never forget that. I mean, using that ability to teach the children. Uh, we, have, we have a junior, a junior uh, boys teacher who's taught for probably 20 years, you know? And, and the imp impact on people that these children's workers have. I can still remember as a child some of the teachers I've had who made a tremendous impact on me. And so these teachers, we don't take for granted and uh, you may be a helper, and then you may be eventually a teacher. But the fact is, we need that. Another thing that you probably have never seen is we have young people who come and fill the pews, these uh, connection cards and the, and the offering envelopes. Somebody's got to put those in there, you know. And so we had a couple of younger junior, junior kids come over and do this. And they did every week. They'd come over, put, make sure that all that stuff was there. That needs to be done. There's a ministry that somebody can do. What about those who set up chairs and tables and vacuum the floors? When I came in here tonight to preach, the pulpit wasn't here, this chair wasn't here, and my buddy, wherever he was gone, he went and found them and brought them in here. Somebody's got to do that, right? So those kind of things, to, to set up things, to vacuum the floors, to, to make sure that everything is the way it should be, somebody has to do that. And it makes the church work the way it should be. Um, Men who cook for men's breakfast. Ladies, did you know the men cook for breakfast? We have a men's breakfast every week, every time. They've done it for years. And it's good food, you know. You, you think, my husband couldn't do that. Oh, yes, he could. If he goes in there, he'll get taught how to do it. And they do it, and the food is great. But those men, we get there, what, 8 o'clock, 8.30, whatever, and they come in early because they got to cook. Uh, that's a wonderful ministry. Whatever happens in men's breakfast, they get part of the credit for that because they cook the food that's going to eat. The ladies who help with meals uh, for uh, pr like uh, things with parties for people and, and uh, showers and all that, that all has to be done. And those, these ladies who cook, those ladies who uh, help, uh, sometimes preparing meals for shut-ins. Uh, we're at the point in our life when we're retired... And we're just the two of us in the house, and we end up cooking too much food most of the time. And so my sweet wife will, you know, bag up whatever we cooked, and we'll take it to somebody who has to stay in, in the cook. But I'm just saying that's the kind of thing that that means a great deal, but that we don't would necessarily say that's such an important thing. Um, greeters at the doors, ushers, and security. Uh, I never thought that security would be as important as it is now in public buildings like this, but it is. And we have some very faithful, there's, you don't know who they are, probably, they just do their job. And uh, we're safe, the nurses are safe, uh, it's done thoughtfully and well. And uh, so praise God for people who, who do that, the ushers who take up the offerings and who seat people and do all the things that need to be done to make it, to make it work. Uh, the guest, those who host guests at the doors. Uh, if, you had a, if you had a neighbor coming to church, how would you like them greeted at the door? We, we had, a, we had a, someone visit the church a few weeks ago, and we were talking, and he was telling me, he said he, he went to a church and said, uh, a small church, and he said everybody knew we were visitors. We were the first time there. He said not one soul talked to me. Nobody did. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is with that, but I know this: if I had a guest coming, I'd want somebody to talk to them. I'd want somebody to greet them at the door and say, "Can I help you find where you, where you need to go?" I, these are such important jobs, and I see people when I come in in the morning. There are people at these doors. There are people that, that greet people. Those those are so important. Many in this church give as God has instructed. So this needs this ministry. You know, uh, we never have had a spaghetti dinner to raise money for the church. We don't have garage sales. We don't have a lottery to make money for the church. God has ordained, listen to me, that they who preach the gospel should live the gospel. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, the fact of the matter is, it's really a simple formula. Uh, 
giving, we got our, we got our giving list today. And I always feel a lot better when I look at it. So I, oh yeah, okay, we did good. Uh, but, but you know, uh, we start with a tithe. And may I say that, excuse me for saying it, my wife and I have given above the tithe for years. We haven't tithed for years. We give above that, always have for years. So the tithe is, but, but for the person who's just learning, the person who is just beginning the step of being a Christian in a church has to understand that these lights, uh, the parking, all the things that we do around here it take money to, to operate. Now we have, praise God, we have been making our budget uh, last year and, and, and praise God for that. And all through the COVID and all that, I, it's just amazing to me that God has provided through you for the church. And that's a wonderful thing. But there are some who probably, and I don't know, I, don't, I have no idea who anybody is except for me. And, uh, but, but the tithe is the beginning place. So we need to start there. The second level is project. Uh, we had, a, I was looking over our, our uh, uh, giving report, you know, there was a, a Christmas gift for Jesus. There was uh, some, some of our kids who are one, one going, to, going to Africa and, you know, different ones that we have special offerings for. Those are projects. Uh, we have missionaries who have a need. I think Pastor Todd said this morning they're going to have a, a special business meeting about a need of one of our missionaries. And so that next level is after the tithe. There's a tithe in Sacrotank. That's where we start. And let me, let me say this. It is not that we want your money. We want you to do right. We want you to see what God can do and what God does. And I can tell you this. What God does is God takes a 90% and does more with that than you could ever do unless you are honest with your money with God. But the next level is the projects, being able to help. And it's a wonderful, it's, it's satisfying and wonderful to be able to, when something like that comes up, to be able to give whatever, whatever you have. That, that's where the give as God has prospered you comes in. That is, as God, if you have money, then give. Some have more, some have less. I mentioned two men in our church who obviously had resources, and with those resources, they changed my life as their pastor. They made a difference that I'll never, ever, ever be able to thank them for because those men knew they had the resources, they wanted to help, they invested them where it could be, where it was, where it was useful. The third, the third thing is, is give to the poor. There was a, Jesus talked a lot about that. So we have the, here's the level, the, ba- the baseline is the tithe. The second level is money for projects. The third level is to, to give to the poor. Now, here, here's what I want to say. We ought to be able to do all three. We ought to manage our money well enough that we, first of all, tithe our income. Then we have money left over. So when God touches my heart about a ministry, about something that I can do to help, to be able to give to that, and thirdly, that I can give to poor, give to the poor people, benevolence, where I can help somebody financially. So giving those who give as God has instructed. Nobody knows who gives what, but, but God knows that. And as we give, the church prospers. The church has money to do what we need to do. Men and women who participate in building projects or IBBI. Uh, did you know people pay, pay their own way and go and do building projects overseas, some in, the, some in the states, that the missionaries, the people who are serving can't do? And our men have made a huge difference just going and doing that. And, of course, that takes skill. Somebody has to know a little bit about what to do. I remember we were building our first building. We did a lot of that work ourselves. And all they would let me do is sweep up because I, I don't, I'm not safe around sharp objects, so I just got to sweep the floors. But, you know, you have to have some skill. And yet these people pay their own way and go down there and work in the hot sun and do the work. But it's, it's made a huge, huge difference. The ones who make the coffee in the morning. Any of you go by and get coffee in the morning when you come to church? Well, somebody's got to come in. You know, the, the, fairies, the fairies don't come in and make the coffee. Somebody's got to do it. But there's something else you probably don't know. Did you know that one of our ladies comes in here on Sunday afternoon and wipes down those countertops in the coffee nook? A different lady. And cleans that up so the next Sunday morning when you come in to get your coffee, everything is nice and clean. And God's people said, Amen. Yeah. That's servants, isn't it? In that, in that, you, hey, who couldn't do that? You know, who couldn't clean off the piano? Who could, you see, you begin to understand what I'm saying. It's not a whole lot of real important things. That, they're all important because it's what God has led you to do. It's the skills that you have. One of our guys 
Brian Mills, some of you remember Brian, they were in our church for a number of years. And when he first came to our church, he wanted something to do. And so I said, well, Brian, I said, there's a sign out front out here on this highway. And I said, we change it every, every, every week. And I said, if you'll come and see me, I'll give you the, uh, the, the, the message and you can put it up. I don't know how long he did that. A long time. Every Sunday, he'd come and get that message. He'd go out there and put the sign up. That man eventually became our Iwana commander. Started out with a sign. But as he grew and as he learned and as he saw the doors open, he began to have a far broader ministry. There was a saying that has helped me in my ministry. It says this, if I take care of the depth of my ministry, God will take care of the breadth of it. And that's the way we ought to look at it. Lord, what, what can I do? Maybe it's a bathroom in the, you know, maybe it's putting out hymnals, whatever it is. But I want to do what I can do. Those who decorate the church. Uh, special occasions, fire arranging. You know, you come in Christmas time, Thanksgiving, every Sunday when everything should look nice. And there should, again, if you want, if you were a visitor, if you had a visitor from your neighborhood coming, you'd want the church to look nice. You'd want the, the flower arrangements. You'd want everything to look the way it should. Those people form, perform a service. Those who participate in outreach events. Uh, this year we've had the uh, VBS, the, the uh, fall festival, the Christmas, the Christmas uh, festival. And those require a lot of work. And the one who put a lot of work on that was Gary Nearchus. Let me tell you about Gary. He's moved. So somebody, some bodies have to say, well, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll get involved in that. I can help set this up and I can do that. So those kind of things are important. Some say, well, you know what? I'm just not able to, I'm not able to do a lot of things physically. I have some physical limitations. What about this? Paying for others to go to camp. I'll tell you something. I'm a grandparent. I've got eight grandchildren. Every one of them have been to the wilds. And I'm telling you, that's some of the best money I ever spent. The wilds has a dramatic impact on young people. And so maybe you say, well, I, I can't do a lot, but can you pay for a kid to go to camp? Talk to, talk to Pastor Mike and say, Mike, is there somebody on the youth group that wants to go to camp but can't afford it? I, I'll take care of that. Uh, to help with uh, mission trips. Our kids are go, go on mission trips. They have to raise money. And you may, maybe you can offer some work at home, your house, where they can come and work. Or just to give them the money or, or to, their, to their fund. Uh, re- retreats. You know, we have a rule that no, no one will ever miss out on something because they don't have the money. We will take care of it somehow. We'll make sure somebody does it. And, of course, we've never, we've never had a problem because you're, you're very generous. But those are very important things. Those who pay for others. Landscape work at the church. Uh, helping seniors with minor repairs and yard work. By the way, if you want to see me after, I'll talk to you about that. Um, <laughs> just teasing. But, but you know, when you get older, there are things that really are problematic that aren't problematic when you're 25. And so to to say, well, you know what, I could I could be available to go over and help, and if something maybe maybe it's raking the yard or picking up limbs, or it might be coming in and helping clean windows or whatever. But being willing to help seniors. And others with yard works. And then, of course, helping with church dinners and fellowships. As those things are planned, they're important. And they're, they're necessary to help our church move forward. Now, here's how we finish. Christ has promised to build this church. You would agree with that, right? That's, that's Christ's bid to build the church. Now, how does he do it? What is the method? The method is, and we've talked about it, I hope, in detail where you understand it, it is that every person in the church is equipped. And every person in the church has a place to serve. Maybe more than one place. Some have five places to serve. And that's, that's even better. But here's the, here's, the, here's the question. Let me read the verse for you again. For whom the whole body, fitly joined together, and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, According to the effectual working, efficient working in the measure of every part, make an increase of the body and the edifying of itself in love. That's God's plan. That every single person do his part. Small part, big part, doesn't matter. Every person is involved. So here's the question. What happens in a church if one third of the body does not do his part?
And there was silence in heaven for half an hour. What happens? If, don't you want to answer that question? If, if, if one third of the church is not doing what God equipped them to do, called them to do, not doing things that are needed, what is, how does that affect the church? What? It doesn't get done. The church does not grow and produce, because it says it, it, the edifying of itself in love. In other words, the idea is when everybody's doing it, the church is automatically grows together. It is the thing that God does, that's how God builds a church. And what would happen if 100% were functioning as described in verse 16? Well, we would see things we've never seen before. Everything would get done. By the way, there'd be a happy spirit. There'd be a great spirit because people are joyful when they're serving. We come to church not to say what somebody can do for me, but how, what can I do now to make a difference today? Who can I be a blessing to? Who can I talk to? What is the job that needs to be done? Lord, show me something I can do. Now, if, you, if you're a person who says, well, you know what? I don't have a job. Well, our staff can help you with that. They can find something. There's so many things around here. And I just, I've just scratched the surface. I want to give you a few that are just common. But those are the kind of things that make a huge difference and make the church what it should be. Now, we want to talk about this more next, next Sunday night. And uh, so we'll, we'll get back to this. But think about this passage. Think about what it means to Berean Baptist Church today. Think about what it means to you. What is your part? Have you found your place? And if, if not, then whatever the church is to be, because you're not doing your part, lacks that part. Because you're not doing it. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your blessed book and the models you give us. I want to thank you personally for all the people who contribute so much of their time and talents and all the things that cause this ministry to grow and to, to meet the needs of our people, to uh, help each other, and then, and then for us to grow ourselves. So Lord, I pray that you would uh, take these messages and stir our hearts, challenge your people to uh, fill the role that God has ordained for them. And Lord, I pray that you'd bless the word tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you.